0: Pickaxe. Hey, oh, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy?
1: A. This
0: looks boring. What are you uh, on about? It all looks of great. their games, they look boring.
1: It doesn't look boring. It looks like it does, you're an assassin on the Isle of Man.
0: But it doesn't have the kind of wow. The, the steampunk quail-based economy is incredible that's Boring. <laughs> VG boring VG247's best games
1: ever podcast is ostensibly a show about figuring out what the best game in a weirdly specific category is but it's actually just about petty arguments you should listen to it it's good is that
2: it that's the whole promo uh, yeah it was just doing and that's supposed to make people subscribe is it yes okay good luck with that you can
1: find us wherever you get your podcasts
0: Five stares, hopelessly, at the tree branch where his friends have disappeared. Reed? Zue? Rowan? Oh no.
2: When it comes to TTRPGs, what's stopping you from getting together for a game? Are you a forever DM looking to try out one of your thousands of characters but never have a party? Maybe you're new to D&D and aren't quite sure where to start or even how to begin learning all of the rules. Or maybe you're like literally everyone and come face to face with the real BBEG. Scheduling Issues StartPlaying.Games takes care of all of that for you. Yes, even the scheduling! We all just want to play some D&D together. And StartPlaying.Games has countless GMs and games waiting for you to fill seats for their games. New to D&D and looking to learn the game alongside your friends? Have an experienced and beginner-friendly DM guide you through a dungeon, teaching you and your party everything you need to know about the game along the way. Experienced player looking to fill your off week because SOMEONE had to go on vacation? Hop into a one-shot with other like-minded adventurers. Looking to try out something other than D&D? StartPlaying.games covers all sorts of different systems. All for as little as $5 per game. $5 for a night of fun? Why would you even CONSIDER going bowling, slipping on those horrid, uncomfortable, used smelly shoes, sipping on stale beer, and getting food poisoning from rancid bowling alley food, all while dropping $40 on a night out? When you can just start playing games for a fraction of the price. And might I add, have a lot more fun. You might even find us on there running games for you all in our free time. So, what are you waiting for? Click our referral link in the show notes to get $10 off your first game. Start playing Dot Games.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fables of Fendrea, Arcanum. My name is Jose Polino or at DM Jose P on all of your favorite socials. And I will be your director for today's uh, very interesting adventure. I am joined, of course, by my lovely band of adventurers that are in a pickle per se, but let's go ahead and introduce them. We got, of course, Ryan.
2: Hi, Ryan McManus. I will be playing Rowan Fair Isle, Half Light of Salune, seeking to bring a sense of calm and comfort to those lost in the dark. Find me on my personals at rye.mcmanus or run in the Cast Party socials at CastPartyDND. Perfect, Andy.
0: Hello, beautiful nerds. My name is Andy and I will be playing your plant daddy. Five, one of the seven, <laughs> Sojourner, Stop. commissioned for exploration by the Forged, and you can find me at Mr. Dandy DM on TikTok and on all the socials.
1: Alrighty, Annie.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting over Plant Daddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> hi, <laughs> hi. I'm Annie. I'm playing RID, Gaslight, Gatekeep, Ghoul Boss. You can find me on TikTok at Cantrip C-A-N-N-E.
1: Awesome. And finally, we have Sin.
4: Salutations, I'm Sin. I will be playing the Totally Not Sass Zue, collector of chronicles, aspiring to herald the histories of Fendrea. And you can find me on all of my socials as sensationally.me, that is C I N instead of S E N.
1: Last time we met in Fendrea, our group of adventurers headed into the Ironwood Grove, this mysterious yet untouched part of Fendrea, of these very beautiful lush trees of all kinds of shapes and sizes that hold their own bit of history of untouched potential. And that is where our group met a couple of interesting creatures comprised of the earth and the nature itself. We y'all named a tree stump by the name of Herman? You came across a deer comprised of wood and bark and tree, A lot of the ecosystem within the Ironwood Grove is uh, very new to all of you. And sure enough, within a couple of hours of your travel within the forest, that seemed to go on forever, you stumbled upon a clearing that was kind of housed by these treants that were keeping it secret for so long. You all stumbled inside where you, through very careful and detailed investigation, Notice that there were two skeletons on the floor of two tieflings, completely decayed, weathered away for who knows how long and for what reasons they were in that state. One of them seemed to be holding a medal of sorts of the Arcanum, that same sigil with the eye and the sun rays coming out of it. Red picked it up, and sure enough, within a couple of minutes of you all just even being in this area, this big clearing comprised of all kinds of trees that looked like maple trees with orange and reddish leaves that were coming down that created a mound in the dead center of this clearing that had inside this withering, white, decaying, ashy tree trunk that it came out at a 45-degree angle, bearing no leaves and no other kind of fruits. It called to all of you. However, precisely, it called more to Rid and Zue who without even a second to hesitate, decided to head in the direction of this tree. Five reached out to catch Ridd. Zue touched the tree, vanish. Rowan, as you were sort of discovering what you were going to do, your owl came and was drawn to this calling as well and flew right into the tree trunk and also seemed to have vanished. All that was left was Five and Ridd as they were struggling within a whirlwind of leaves that were just picking up and the entire atmosphere was just becoming very chaotic. Rid, you after a while felt a moment where the voice inside of your head longed to see that so much more than you broke your wrist and you escaped the grasp of Five only to touch the tree and vanish. And that is where we pick up our story. As Five, you are now standing in the clearing With the leaves still rushing past you at an incredible speed. A world run in front of you, all centered around. The eye of the storm is the tree trunk. And you're looking at it, untouched, unbothered, with this bit of water that surrounds it. That now as you see, it sort of like trembles and the trees are swaying back and forth. And you're just standing there alone, with your hand outstretched. As Rid just touched the tree trunk.
0: What are you doing? Five in this moment. (sighs) Seeing every single member of his party uh, and companions suddenly vanish within this tree. He has never felt more alone than this moment. Years back when he was one of, the, one of the seven before number seven left, he felt a community. And he was beginning to feel a community once again with Rowan and Zue and kind of with Rid as well. But in this moment where they're suddenly sucked away, he has a moment's hesitation. Not again. He does something that he doesn't normally do. Instead of uttering a prayer to Segojan, he decides to utter a prayer to Bear van Wild Wanderer, who is the ally of Segojan and is a gnomish deity that he always heard Rosie pray to. And it's, again, it's not that he believes in these gods. He believes that they belong to the gnomes, but he hopes that they're real and that they can hear him. And he just asks for a quick blessing as he goes into, he goes in to touch the tree because he knows that no matter what, he needs to, he needs to make sure that his friends are okay. As he reaches out to touch the tree, he says, Please be gentle. His fingertips touch the bark. As you go to touch it, you feel like
1: a chilling, cold sensation, almost like when you're getting close to ice itself, and you feel the smoke almost like dampening your hand is what you feel. Your entire makeup just seems to feel dry and devoid of life. And just as you touch the trunk, it's like touching bare ice with your skin. It is an instant burning as you feel... Your entire self morph and shape and go into a spiral. You're met with all different kinds of colors and the sounds of screams. As you feel your entire essence being ripped apart at the core, you feel your chest caving. You lose your breath. You don't even know how to even formulate a sentence, how to formulate a thought. And before you can even think about it, you appear with all of your friends in front of you in a massive cavern. All of you at this moment hear the faint trace of what sounds like a faint whisper met with a echoing scream as Five operates in front of you. And as he does, you and Five see the three of you that are in this cavern, massive circular cavern that comes up to a fine point met with all kinds of stalactites that come down from the ceiling in this grayish yellowish decaying color to it. There are, of course, at the roof of this cavern, there are straws as well, which are not fully formed stalactites, but they all come down, giving it this very eerie feeling all around you. You see the stalagmites that rise from the floor and they are definitely of age. These caverns feel very untouched. The flowstone of the constant dripping water that's coming from the ceiling just constantly keeps dripping and you hear it in the cavernous; it sort of echoes. Perched up on one of the stalagmites, on one of the columns, you see Rowan's owl, and it's very feverishly looking around. The faint hue blue color around it is gone. And there, behind you, you see formed out of the flowstone itself, met with all forms of stalagmite stalactites that don't come up at a natural point. They almost like branch out in a very unnatural state. And there you see the similar tree trunk at a 45 degree angle, all wretched and turned and decayed with what looks like a bit of natural light that comes up from these very small punctures in the ceiling. In any other fashion, you would see this as a sign of almost divinity itself. You're met with dread as you see how well this tree trunk is lit. And all around you, you just hear the faint silence of a cavern that has a pathway in front of you that seems to go upwards. But you are alone. You feel your breathing. You hear the bit of your clothes rustling. It is echoey in here. And it is very cold.
2: You all see five appear. Looking up at the owl, and seeing that it doesn't have that pale blue outline that I'm used to, can I look at my lantern? Is it still lit?
1: You look down at your lantern, and sure enough, there is that blue flame still. From your experience, what you are going through right now, and perhaps also what your owl is going through, it is a moment of absolute shock. And it just needs a second to gather itself. Your your connection to Selune has to sort of find its footing again. Okay. You know, in a way, on an emotional, spiritual level, the closer you are to Selune, that flame bursts and is always thriving. But you've traveled somewhere. That connection just needs to find itself again. And it will. However, in that moment, you know that you are far from
2: Selune's gaze. Just seeing it without that pale blue wispy hue to it, in a panic, I look down at the lantern, and when I see that it's still lit, just as much of a wave of calm as I can, given the situation washes over me, and then it's back to where are we, what is happening. Zue and Ridd, you guys blink
1: and feel instantly nauseous. Can I have the two of you make a constitution saving throw for me?
4: To not barf. I got a nat one, but, like, hear me out. It's a two total. I got a two, and it's a four total. Twinsies.
1: (laughs) That's great. If anybody else would like to share with the class what their very low rolls do, you instantly throw up. It is, like, uncontrolled. Five arrives, Rowan is freaking out, and the both of you just look at each other. It is just instant, because what it is for you now, it's almost like all the voices in your head are spinning. So you feel after maybe like a night of drinking, not so much a hangover, but you feel that still that spiraling, uncontrolled state of your head sort of like weaving back and forth as the voices now trail off further and further and further. And as they leave, you sort of realize, I'm going to be sick. So you're all standing inside of this cavern with the constant sort of dripping of water. You see around the, the mound of flowstone at the center of this cavern with the tree trunk. You see the bit of water around, very similar to the water around the pile of leaves and the mound of dirt and land that was in the Ironwood Grove.
0: Looking at the rest of the group, does Five see that look in the eye that he saw with Ridd when she was under the influence? Are they still under the influence or are they coming back to realization?
1: When you see them and they both look at each other, there is that moment of recognition between the two of them that is very natural to you. And you gather that, okay, they seem to be out of it. And remember, they had like a, like a grayish, hazy look to their eyes. That's gone. I'm
0: going to immediately go over to Ridd. Uh, Ridd, may I? I think I might have hurt you. Uh, may I see your hand or your wrist?
3: I have to ask how much Ridd remembers about what she went through.
0: All
1: of you remember. It's almost as if your body was an autopilot. You know what you were feeling. And it's one of those things, again, where you tell yourself you wanted to touch the tree. You wanted to. However, there was that voice behind that that said, but no, we don't. And that's the communication your mind was having. However, for you, Ridd, it was a much more different conversation. It wasn't the soul versus the body sort of having a conflict. It was the soul, the body, and this other thing having a conversation with each other.
3: Rid kind of gives her wrist like a cursory glance, and it's limp and hanging there, and she just kind of winces a little, but then her attention is more on the sword in her other hand. And she looks up at Five. I'm sorry. i That's not what this sword is for. Are you okay?
0: Don't worry about me. I, w- I was not damaged in any way.
3: Rid kind of nods to herself faintly and looks down at her sword and then puts it away, kind of holds out her broken wrist sheepishly to five.
0: Five is going to very gently take the hand and the wrist and he's going to cast Cure Wounds at first level. You get five hit points back.
4: Thank
3: you. Rid makes eye contact with Five, and it's just her normal sass is not there. She's very contrite and very shaken. You didn't do this.
0: Don't worry. Five looks at the rest of the group, sees Rowan looking at the owl. What is Zue doing right now besides vomiting?
4: I'm checking to make sure that like, my book isn't damaged in any way, almost obsessively carefully, like, going through each page, making sure there's no water damage, nothing.
0: Five goes over to Rowan and sees Rowan looking at the owl, and Five recognizes the owl looks different. He says to Rowan,
2: Rowan, uh, what, what happened? Are you okay? Rowan hasn't broken his gaze with the owl as Five comes up next to him. I th- I thought the connection was gone for a second. She doesn't look like she used to. But the lantern's still here, so... Something must have happened. I don't think we're on Fendrea anymore. I don't know where. But the plane in which Fendrea resides, I believe, is behind us. At the very mention of the idea that we are
0: no longer on Fandrea, just <laughs> him postulating that, throwing that energy out into the universe, <laughs> Five immediately just has like, "What? We're not we're not on Fandrea anymore. What? What? What do you mean not on Fandrea?"
2: Well, there's lots of different planes of existence. Five, Fandrea is not the only one beings like us can inhabit. Where we are, I do not know. But I promise I will get you out safe. I didn't mean to drag you into this. I didn't know this was going to happen.
4: To, to be fair, I think I dragged us into this. I, I, I went through first.
0: Oh, no, it it's not your fault, zu Whatever happened with you all and the... I assume the tree is to blame. I I, I don't think any of us willingly came to this place. Actually, hold on. Nope, I did. I, I totally came here willingly. <laughs> but, but the rest of you, absolutely not.
2: If, if the tree took us here, can it just take us back? I tap the tree. Cold, burning
1: feeling, but you're still there. No. When you remove your hand, your handprint remains, and it is like a like when you burn paper. Your entire handprint just burns away from the tree trunk.
3: Okay, so if we're stuck here, Ridd looks about the giant cavern. I suppose we should find
4: out where here is.
2: Well, there's only one way to go from here.
4: How well lit is this cavern aside from the tree?
1: Close to, like, dim light. All of you. Go ahead and make a... Either make... Perception checks or nature checks
2: for me? Fifteen perception.
4: Sixteen. I have a four.
2: <laughs> that was a
0: dirty twenty.
3: Wait, I got an oh no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. Great
1: start, everyone. <laughs> All of you, apart from Red. Red, you're more focused on your wrist. And then sure enough, slowly, with the aid of five first who notices it. When you look around, perhaps you've been in a couple of caverns throughout your lifetime in Fendrea. Perhaps you've traveled deep underground in Fendrea throughout all of your travels. This cavern is very new to you. However, the fact that there is light that comes into it must mean that you're not too underground. You gather that this seems very purposely made, purposely cared for. Urid
3: looks over at Rowan. Are you okay with your whole moon thing? Because the last time we talked about this, you didn't like being in a place where you couldn't see the moon.
2: It's not the most ideal scenario, but I still feel the connection. I wouldn't prefer to be here longer than I need to. I don't know how deep this cave is or how long it's going to take us to leave, but I would very much like to.
3: Well, then we go up, right? Rid looks around for kind of anywhere that it starts to slope uphill in the cavern, or is it
0: just level?
1: It is just leveled straight ahead.
0: So this is a tunnel system. Is there an
1: end to that tunnel? Doesn't seem like it. It veers off to the left, the most that you can see.
4: Well, can anyone see in the dark here? Like, I mean, I can see in the dark a little bit, but not, like, some people.
2: I was just about to assist with that. If you all wouldn't mind gathering around, please. And Rowan will start huddling everyone in. He unhitches the hilt to the lantern and raises it as high as he can. This is going to hurt a little bit. Hurt? It's okay. Not permanent. I need you all to just stare into the fire as long as you can, okay? Like looking into the sun.
3: You're not supposed to look into the sun.
2: I'm aware of that, but you can't tell me you've never done it, Ridd.
3: Rid
4: opens her mouth like she's going to say something, and then she looks ashamed and looks down. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe stares unblinkingly at this light.
0: This is some not unsubtle shade going down right now. Listen, we all
2: know you're the kind of person who's totally looked into the sun before.
0: Don't tell me you haven't looked into the sun directly. <laughs>
2: exactly. As one by one by one, the eyes are met with the flame, it slowly gets brighter and bigger, and there's almost a quick flash as it does a, almost like a solar flare, but of moonlight. I will be using my Twilight Cleric feat, Eyes of Night. Ooh. As an action, I can share my 300 feet of dark vision oh, with shit. up to three willing creatures within 10 feet of me.
0: Well, would you look at that?
2: It lasts for one hour. I cannot do so again until I finish a long rest or expend a spell slot.
1: You lift up your lantern, and the flame sort of, like, bursts to give you that reminiscent light of moonlight, and you feel the flame within your lantern just... extends, and it's given full life, just as you see all of your friends around you That their eyes sort of are met with this, like, shine of blue moonlight. You hear in your head, My champion, there you are. Thought I would share the gift. No response. But you look around, and the owl, (laughs) Kind of shakes, and the same shimmering blue glow now begins to sort of, like, adorn it once again. Glad to see you're okay. And you all can see for dark vision for 300 feet. So look at you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You begin to walk. And you're met with the sloshiness of your feet. As it's met with what you look at to be water. But even upon contact, it turns green. The minute your foot touches it. And then that's when the sloshiness comes out doesn't seem to be any, anything harmful. doesn't seem to be anything too dangerous, per se. But as the caverns are sort of adorned with these puddles all throughout, it doesn't seem to have any effect on you, as you are going to have to step through very delicately, or if you walk through them, to walk within this cavern. But sure enough, you continue walking ahead, and Rowan, because you are the one who asks and notices, you notice that the caverns take a
0: gradual turn to the left. Just because Five, whenever he's in a new environment, he studies the environment because he knows that a potential change exists within him. So he's looking down at the sloshiness and he's studying exactly what the makeup is. I'm studying the ichor specifically.
1: If you wanted to look at it, you can either do a nature to sort of understand very specifically in that, or, yeah, actually, yeah, give me nature.
0: Nat one. Shh. Yo, let's go. Let's go. Oh.
1: Y'all, this session.
0: So that's a five. You're
2: a five. <laughs> you're a five.
0: No, but you're, in a hearts, ten. you're a ten. Oh, goddammit,
2: Annie, you beat me to it. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Guys.
1: <laughs> five, you look at it. It is just like a small little just puddle of water on the floor and the naturally formed sort of dip into the the stonework makeup of this cavern. Describe to me how Five would investigate something like this. Are you using your hands? Are you using any tools?
0: Like, just, just for flavor. Five is the kid in preschool who's very much in tune with, like, the sensory table. And so he's putting his hands in everything. And he's sort of, like, reaching into the puddle and playing with the green slushiness. As you go to touch this little puddle, which is probably as big
1: as your hand, you touch it and you watch it. Molds, but in a green mold, and it forms all around. And what used to be water turns into like lush green, nature based something. You can't really put your finger on it, but it looks natural. And then when you, when you leave your finger in it, you kind of sort of like swirl it around. It kind of moves like swamp water, if you will. It's just very still, untouched, looks dirty, but the green of it to you five speaks volumes. And then sure enough, when you let go of it, it remains. But the green just kind of withers and turns gray and black and then just stays. But what used to be the slush green turns into a very dark, dead remain.
0: Five is disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) He's disappointed that whatever uh, effect he may have had on this slush puddle has altered the lush greenness and now looks like a dead or decaying thing. He feels he feels feelings over the slush puddle. But then he uh, he gets up and he just rejoins the group.
4: <laughs> Zue has been watching Five this whole time. I just want you to know that
0: this has been noted in Zoe's book.
3: <laughs> Rid has a keen mind. That means I can always tell which way is north, the number of hours before next sunrise or sunset, and I have like perfect recall for the past month. And I'm wondering what time of day it is, which direction we're heading, and whether it's a different time of day than the plane that we left.
2: Clutch. Clever as hell.
1: Rid, you you begin to walk now as you guys all gradually turn left. You're still met with a lot of the same structure of this cavern, which is a little bit smaller, a little bit more narrower, and then they sort of branch out into like bigger openings. But it seems like a a general pathway that is going. So for right now, for you, Ridd, as you're looking out, you're heading west. You feel the slight breeze that you can ever so faintly feel guiding you, giving you that sense of comfort. Then you realize, okay, the water is colder you touch it as you touch sort of like some drops that come down okay so then it must be a kind of windy outside we're not too far underground this must be natural water that's coming back it must be nighttime must be a chilling wind outside you're not at home this is this is all new the way in which you feel that natural feeling of your direction your natural keen mind sensing which way the world sort of functions and works and, and thrives here, you're following it more out of survival rather than instinct.
3: Just based off of the time, I guess, that she came through the tree, it doesn't make sense for it to be nighttime. It, was it sunset or something or close to dark when we left the Ironwood Grove?
1: No, you guys were in the, in the Ironwood Grove. It was noon, maybe pushing 1 p.m. ish. And remember, it's a very beautiful, sunny day. But as you guys were spending time and the, the skeletons of the tieflings revealed themselves and you grabbed the, the symbol of the Arcanum, And the leaves started creating the world when the sky itself within this clearing that you could see began to turn orange and dark and sort of like everything around you. It's almost like you just stepped into a whole nother room, but you were outside, you were out in nature, and it all just shifted. So that throws you off. So I'll say that, yeah, it doesn't naturally make sense because it should have been daytime. But no, here it's like feels
0: pretty late at night. As we're walking, after getting over his disappointment about the slush puddle, He's sort of, like, thinking out loud. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Rowan. <clears throat> or Zue. Or Ridd. Or what was the name? What was the name of the place that Kaimasura came from?
3: Let's just say that at the same time, Zue and Ridd say Arborea because Rid's perfect recall and Zue just taking notes all the time.
0: And we know that in the Ironwood Grove there was supposedly a remnant, or maybe I'm misremembering this, there was a, a remnant that was left by Kaimasora,
2: his people.
1: I'll say, Rid, you very specifically remember more of a combination of Kaimasora, Ilionas, kind of their conversation. Kaimasora is part of a group called the Arborian Concord. The title that Ilionas told you all Kaimisora's full title is Kaimisora Navine, Sixth Paragon of the Arborean Concord, Archmage Beacon within the Fury of the Void, and Herald of the New Dawn. Ilionas did mention that Kaimisora came from Arborea along with his tieflings. However, Arborea was, for lack of better words, decimated, right? You don't know the sort of extent of it. The Grey Waste seemed to have been something that Kaimasura brought upon Arborea that doomed it. And that is why Kymosora came to Fendrea. And that is where, of course, the Arcanum was afraid that should this individual who killed and destroyed his, you know, home comes to this new one, who's to say he won't do it again?
3: Ridd rattles all of that off in this kind of monotone, just with a flat expression. Um, except she makes eye contact with Zue and does, like, a
4: a wink. Zue's very flustered and and does a really awkward wink back. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the whole like, turns her head and, like, does a really exaggerated wink.
1: And you see that the caverns now naturally begin to head in a northeastern direction. You follow the natural formation of the cavern.
3: What's your thought, Five?
0: Well, given everything that we know about Kaimisura and everything that we learned during Ileanaza's interrogation of Kaimisura is it possible and now five is just remembering the gray undead ashiness of the, the green slush is it possible that we are is it possible that we're in Arborea
4: yes it's possible
0: I don't know Rowan I'm feeling very nervous right now This is not where I'm supposed to be.
2: I don't think it's where any of us is supposed to be, Five. It's okay. We just need to get out of this cave, gather our surroundings, and we'll find a way back. I am a little worried as to what we're going to find when we get out of this cave, given that Ileonus made it very clear that Kaimisora destroyed and brought upon an apocalypse to Arborea. I don't know what's going to be out there. What's even going to be left? But we're going to get through it, and I promise I will get you back. As he's saying this, he places his hand on Five's back. Five, you feel a little chilling sensation, but in a comforting way? And I would like to use Vigilant Blessing on you. Just for you being a proud, sturdy boy, (laughs) Uh, you, (laughs) you have advantage on the next initiative roll that you make.
0: Five nods appreciatively to Rowan, Where is the owl in relation to us right now? You walk for for a little bit.
1: What seems maybe like pushing it on like 20-ish, 30-ish minutes or whatever. And the owl stays perched on a column of, of the stalagmites that come up. You turn. And just as you turn, the owl is perched up on another column within this entry now. It's not flying inside. It's just now that you've turned left. Boom. There it was. And you turn northeast. Boom, there it was. So it's almost like constantly just always ahead, but only the minute that you turn. And I'll say five, at that moment, when you feel that touch from Rowan, you look from the corner of your eye and there on the ground, the cavern sort of like comes to like a smaller, naturally formed entryway. And there just at the entryway leading into another part of a cavern is a tiefling skeleton rotting, dying, decaying away, covered in what looks like moss and black ichor. And you hear...
0: coming from up ahead. Y'all, uh, I I would like to point out that there is... <clears throat> there's a dead one right there. Another dead tiefling on the ground. Y'all
1: see it now. If you weren't focused too much on it, you would think it'd be part of the flowstone itself. Broken pieces of it, shattered ribs, but those horns. And one of them is shattered. The other one keeps going sort of like back towards the back of the head. And you then hear the echoing.
4: Can I check and see if there's another Arcanum symbol in this one?
1: Give me an investigation check.
4: 21.
1: This one doesn't seem to be holding any symbol or anything. Its its hands are bare. Whatever clothing was there has just kind of rotted and decayed away, withered
4: away with time. I do want to say while well, this is, this investigation is happening, like, Zoe is not ceremonious about this at all. Like, she is just digging through the body bones.
1: You move them. Separate some of the bones, some of the ribs from the formation of the flowstone.
3: R- rubs her wrist instinctively.
1: <laughs> You're looking ahead at a chamber that kind of opens and seems to naturally turn to the right.
0: Do you all hear that? Rowan nods. Yes. Five looks at the rest of the group and more so focusing on Ridd and Zue, Rowan knows some of the things that Five can do. I don't want you to be alarmed, but I'm actually, you know what? First things first. Do you guys think it would be a good idea if I went ahead to check out what's going on and then, who knows, I might be able to lure whatever is in that cavern if it is a threat. It could come back and we might be able to bottleneck it right here.
3: Ridd looks around at the, I assume, shadowy cavern. I think that sounds like a good plan. If you give me some time to hide, I can be more helpful that way.
0: By all means, absolutely. I, if everyone wants to get into a optimal hiding position to make sure that we're not seen, I'll I'll uh, I'll run ahead. <laughs> Please be careful. Five, having seen Rowan behaves occasionally in a cocky manner, does <laughs> his best <laughs> Rowan impersonation, and <laughs> and is like. Oh, don't worry. I've got this. <laughs> and you s- suddenly five wild shapes in front of you, and he turns into a pearl white metallic direwolf with almost like a flower bush for a tail, as the as the purple and pink and blue flowers suddenly make up the tail, and then the pearl white metallic pieces are the rest of the body. The Direwolf Five is going to stealthily try to move into the cavern ahead to see
2: what is in it. After seeing Five change with his little expression and everything, Rowan rolls his eyes, but with a, with a slight smirk. <laughs> shakes his head, grabs the shield, and then stands in front of Zue.
3: I want to take the actual hide action.
4: That's a dirty 20 for me. Unseen. I finished taking my notes. I'm also gonna try and hide. Oh, that is a 24. damn!
1: You both find natural stalagmites.
0: Am I able to roll a stealth check for direwolf me? Sure. That is a natural 20. Let's hey, go! go! I'm not even kidding.
4: <laughs> Balancing out our nat ones.
0: Yo, for real.
4: <laughs> the start was wild <laughs> with all of those.
1: Five, as you take the smallest, most gentlest steps, you feel your breathing controlled, and you see sort of turned around by one of the columns, the, the, the stalactites that are coming down, you see this.
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> Scraping away at the stalactites, and now you notice around you five, puddles of the water, but in that greenish, mossy look, untouched, unwithered away, all around you. And you step inside,
0: carefully. I would like to move east. Full movement as a dire wolf. that is uh, 50 feet. How far away is this creature? 45 feet away from it. I would like to move 20 feet into the cavern to the point where I know that the creature is able to see me. I know that I want to get the creature to follow me back into the back, so that it's coming back into the entrance. While I'm looking at this creature, since I see it, how large is this thing?
1: This creature is fairly small. But it is the scraping, its long sort of tendrils that come out, its face that seems to be comprised of a shell that comes up to a very fine point. No visible eyes that you can see, but these long prawns with hooked claws at the end. A slithering, almost spider-like body in this hueish, reddish, burgundy tone that completely contrasts the whole makeup of this cavern. And on top of it, it's hide, this crusted like gray formation that looks like part of flowstone, part of stalagmites. It's it's a weird combination of the two. This creature has definitely inhabited the space and has made it its home, but it looks fairly small compared to you as a direwolf, which I believe you're a medium, right?
0: No, I'm in fact, I'm a large beast. You're
1: a large beast. So to you, yeah, this is a very small creature that is just kind of scraping at the stalactites. Am I able to see any
0: other of its kind in this cavern? Or am I seeing that it is by itself? Make a perception check. 16
1: plus my perception, uh, that is a 23. You step into the cavern with your movement and you see this creature that is scraping away and you hear the the almost like breathing in and out sound it's doing, very raspy (laughs) as it's scraping away. But then you remember, what about the humming? As you turn right and you see there, flying next to one of the stalagmites, a winged creature that looks like it has a bee's nest that make up its eyes, a very sharp hooked tooth in the very center, clawed like feet with a long tail and these decrepit and just dying wings that stretch out, perched up on one of the columns, and it sees you. And in that moment, the one scraping at the wall turns around.
2: Five, I need you to roll initiative. You have an advantage on your initiative roll. I do have advantage. I'm going to be using that right now.
0: (laughs) 19. uh, So that is a dirty 20 on my initiative right
1: now. Five, you see in front of you the two creatures. They get your attention, and they begin to sort of hover to you. They are east of you as you're looking at them. The small creature now, as it moves, it's sort of like, it has a lot of flexibility to it. Crawls around, its long tail comes around, whips under its stomach, and then out again, and it uses its long tendril hands with the hooks to carve into the ground. And you hear the flying one, the buzzing become more violent. And it sort of speeds up its wings flying speed. So with that five, you're
0: up. What are you doing? In this moment, Five, it is a panic moment where he thought he knew what his game plan was and he sees off to the side, this winged creature that's and he freaks out. First, he's going to bark. And then he's going to run back into the entryway because in the direwolf form, I have pack tactics. I'm going to move right next to Rowan. Rowan, you, you're you not hidden right now? You. Nope, I was out in the open. Direwolf is going right next to his buddy. You guys watch
1: as Five enters the chamber and slightly turns northeast. You see even in his wolf form, he notices something as his entire form sort of like stands a little bit more strong. And then immediately as you hear the sound of the screeching and the wings, Five just turns around. And books it back to you all. Five, you come up right next to Rowan. Do you say anything? Well,
0: I'm still in my wild shape form, so I can't say anything to him. All I'm going to do is like, you know, uh, when a dog it sees like another threatening animal and it's on a leash, your dog has leash anxiety. They will try and you know attack that thing or growl aggressively at it. This is what Five is doing. He moves right alongside of Rowan, like heel. The metal plates on his back begin to raise slightly, and it's almost like the organic material underneath the plates suddenly bristles and becomes a little thorny. The flowers on his tail become almost brown and they wilt as he just sort of like becomes extremely tense and aggressive right alongside of Rowan. I'm going to hold any attack action until Rowan is directly in combat with anything or is threatened.
1: From out of nowhere, hovering above the space, you see this creature with its wings that begins to fly slowly, almost like edging you on, and it makes itself visible in front of you. And with that, all of you roll initiative. Four. 21.
4: (gasps) Red, twinsies, 21.
1: Who has the higher dexterity?
4: Plus three. Yeah, it's gonna be red.
1: Rowan, you see the creature fly up in front of you. It is going to fly closer to the entrance. And as it does, and it slightly hovers, you hear a alluring thrum of noise. All four of you, I need you guys to go ahead and make a constitution saving throw. As the the, the thrumming becomes louder and louder and all of a sudden begins to be comforting in your ears. Oh, 14.
3: It's a 10.
1: Rowan, success. rid failure.
0: That is a 22.
1: Five, that's a success. Zue?
4: You know, I think we're gonna break a record tonight, guys. I got a nat <gasps> one. Oh, <gasps> no, oh, my
1: God, no. Oh, okay. Rid and Zue, you are both charmed.
3: Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait.
4: That means I get to roll again. I also get to roll again.
1: Ooh. Oh, then go for it, absolutely.
4: Oh, thank God. <laughs> 17?
1: That's a success. Sixteen? That's a success.
2: Oh, thank God. God.
1: (laughs) You all heal the thrumming. And as it begins to get louder and louder, Rowan and Five, you instinctively, because you're sort of prepping for it, you you allow yourself to be ready for it, and you shake off the effect. Zue and Ridd, it takes you a second, but because you're hiding, you don't see it coming. You just all of a sudden hear the thrumming get louder and louder and louder. And you feel it begin to take over your mind as it becomes kind of like a soft hum in the back of your head. As you get comfortable with it, you remember... This is the same humming, and you shake it off. So neither of you are harmed. So top of the round, Ridd, what are you doing? With Zue on deck.
3: Ridd is going to take out her sword, and because I haven't described it yet, think Inigo Montoya's rapier from Princess Bride, with a fancy, fancy spiral
0: guard. Ooh, dope. Yeah.
3: Ridd will move five feet north so that she's just outside the entrance and hopefully can stay hidden in that way. She will position herself just outside the entrance, still hidden, and ready in action to attack whatever enemy comes through into her reach.
1: Zue, what are you doing? With five on deck.
4: Zue, seeing this thing, is going to panic, and she is going to reach around the ground to try and find any bit of, like, dirt or sand. She's going to pinch it in her hand and blow it towards this creature and whisper, Good night. And cast Sleep. I'm going to roll 5d8. 31. So if it has that or less, it falls asleep.
1: You let go of this effect, Zue. And you feel it leave you as you take the dust that turns into a bit of this perfect comforting dust. And you send it towards the creature. You watch as the humming of its wings... Almost like staggered slightly. But then its head just begins to bite down on itself as it doesn't seem to have any effect. Oh, fuck. And it's still just hovering there in its space. Are you going to stay where you are at the entrance?
4: Can I try and move behind
1: Rowan? Move behind Rowan? Sure. So as of right now, we have Ridd, who is at the entrance of the archway, looking north, still hiding with Five and Rowan that are looking ahead at the creature at the archway. Five and Rowan, you can see Ridd to your right, and then Zue, you get behind Rowan.
4: Yeah, he's, he looks big and beefy, so I'm like, oh, yeah, that didn't work.
1: Valiant <laughs> <laughs> effort. So that is now Five's turn with the Crawler on deck.
0: I'm holding my action for when Rowan is attacked, very much like a guard dog would if its owner was threatened in any
1: way. Still holding your action. Okay, sounds good. So now the Crawler is going to go ahead and move. You watch at this point, Rowan, as you're standing there sort of preparing yourself, all of you take kind of like a defensive stance perched up on top of one of the columns and is just sort of menacing looking at you. It looks small even from a distance, but you can't even make out its eyes. You don't know where it's looking. From its sides, it sort of breathes in and out and a plume of black smoke just (sighs) exhausts itself from the creature. It is not going to do anything as the creature is going to take its turn. So the emissary is going to go ahead and stand there and you watch as the sort of like spores that it has on its head that make up its eyes, its it's sort of, like, scent glands open, and you hear a... <laughs> as it shoot out this toxic, crystalline fume. Five, Rowan and Zue, I need you guys to go ahead and make constitutional saving throws for me.
2: Ooh, 19.
4: 18.
0: That is a 16.
1: So you all succeed as this plume of smoke begins to take over the chamber. You have to cover your nose. You have to sort of, like, hold your breath as you feel this poisonous ichor begin to sort of enter your system. But then it leaves. You shake off its effects. But the emissary begins to hover
2: back to the end of the chamber. Rowan, what are you doing? Rowan looks down at Five as a dire wolf. What do you think? They're not retreating, are they? Give me a bark if I go attack. No taken, friend. That's all I needed. How far away is the emissary? About 40 feet away from you. I will take my full 30 feet north into the cave, about 10 feet away from the emissary. And then, with my action, I would like to fairy fire. So if the emissary could make a dexterity saving throw as... I just begin to hold the lantern as high as I can, focusing the light directly on the emissary, trying to light it up the best I can. That is a 11. Ooh, it fails. And actually, it would be a 20-foot cube, so I think I could get the both of them. Yes, that is also an 11. Both fail. They are outlined in a pale blue light, and for the duration... Any attack roll against the affected creatures have advantage, as long as the attacker can see it.
1: So you bring up your lantern. As you bring it up, the smoke now comes out. The light illuminates them. As you now see this faint glow to them, as Rowan has sort of lit them up for you. Rid with Zue on deck.
3: Rid peeking around the cavern wall into the entrance, sees these creatures light up in, I assume, a similar way to when she saw fairy fire used before, and she goes, Oh, hell yeah. And then she runs in. She's going to take her full 30 north to whichever one is closer. Then she will dash the extra five, and she's going to make an attack.
1: You come up right next to Rowan and Rowan, you feel as all of a sudden rid flies past you. and It is now standing in front of the emissary who is just slightly hovering above the ground. Have at it.
3: That is a 21.
1: 21, that definitely hits.
3: Oh, that's an eight. Nice. <laughs> nice. So then that's the initial damage and then Rid's gonna do something a little bit fancy. The shadows that Ridd was hiding in earlier are going to drag along the ground and come up and coalesce around her like a cloak. Running along her skin, running along her clothes, except for the sword in her hand, which seems to have like an invisible barrier around it as the shadows just kind of dance a few inches away from the blade. She's going to add some extra damage to that. It's going to be 14 damage overall.
1: Zue and then five on deck
4: could i do a quick check to see if it didn't work because it wasn't a powerful enough spell or if it just is something that wouldn't affect the creature
1: you can either make an arcana check to see why your spell didn't work or you can make an investigation check to answer the other question
4: 21 arcana
1: you would sense that this creature was probably lying dormant so it does have to sleep so it could have worked however you gather that At the extent that you sent out your will to take over this creature, this creature seems to be a little bit more sturdier than you were capable of. So it probably has more hit points than you rolled for.
4: How close are the creatures to each other if they are?
1: They are within 10 feet from each other.
4: As I am surrounded by my friends, I feel a little bit calmer. I am going to pull out some rose petals from my pouch, and this time I'm going to blow these creatures a goodnight kiss, but at a third level. This time it's kind of like a magical girl effect where like the petals flow through like a fake breeze.
1: So then go ahead and roll the additional 2d8.
4: It's four because I'm going two levels higher. Ooh, perfect. Okay, there you go. 61.
1: You, take out the petals. You let go of them as the petals sort of like burn away into that similar effect. Now that you see it a little bit sort of a, a thicker powder, if you will, making its direction towards the creatures, the emissary with its wings sort of wavers and, and flies slowly as it almost seems that its, it's long talon-like feet are going to make contact with the ground, but it doesn't. doesn't seem affected by it. However, the crawler... <coughs> It is
0: asleep.
4: Guys, um, don't attack the sleeping one. Maybe leave that one for last.
0: Five, you're up. So Rowan has moved into the cavern with Ridd. The emissary is hovering very angrily in front of Ridd. Because of pack tactics, five is going to charge right into the cavern and he's going to come in alongside Ridd and leap up at this thing that's hovering in front of her. Because of pack tactics, I get advantage on the attack roll to bite it. That is an 18. That definitely hits. So that's 2d6 plus three piercing damage. That is nine piercing damage. You come up five, you
1: lunge ahead next to Ridd and you manage to catch one of its like mandibles. You make contact, your teeth pierce as a sort of black ichorid. You you notice come out from the, the sides of the jaw of five and the creature Now, as you pull away from the creature, the creature was looking to Ridd, but now as you attacked it, looks to both of you. And it's going to go ahead and make three talent attacks. Two towards you, five. One towards you, Ridd. So five, that is a 15 to hit. My AC is a 14. Okay, so the first one hits, and then the second Talon, that is a 10. That is a miss. And then for you, Rid, that is a 18. Yeah, that hits. Five, you take, oh boy, 14 points of slashing damage as the Talon stab into your entire makeup as this new creature. Rid, you take 6 plus 10 plus 3, so that's 19 points of slashing damage. With its other talon, it catches you off guard and just pierces you right under the (laughs) ribcage.
2: Rowan. Okay, Rowan charging into the cavern. As he was running, you saw him hold the hilt and the long chain leading to the lantern, he starts to spin it and almost gain momentum. And as it does so, the light inside just begins to glow brighter and brighter and he looks at the emissary and then directly up as the owl swoops right by one of the stalactites. I would like to cast Guiding Bolt at a stalactite directly above the emissary to try to get it to fall on top of it. Hmm. Get him,
1: boy. Do
2: this for me. Just go ahead and roll roll an attack for the stalactite.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. See if you can break them off. 13. You let go. Blue arcane energy, a bolt of lightning itself, hits the center point of the stalactite as it begins to plummet down. So for this, Rowan, what is the damage die on the spell? 4d6. Go ahead and roll a 4d6, and then add a d10 to that.
2: Ooh, fun. That is 25 damage as I sling the guiding bolt out of the lantern using the momentum from the flail swinging and hit the stalactite you use the momentum send it up to the ceiling
1: it crashes on the stalagmite as all of a sudden it falls but you watch as it's falling it's still coated in that blue lightning like energy for just a brief second but since it is hovering above the ground it makes contact with it right away and it pierces through its back and it howls and screeches and in that second you watch as it fumbles and it actually comes down to touch the ground so it is no longer hovering
2: Ooh and then for my for the l- end of my turn i will just use my movement to get right up in his face i believe that's 10 feet north
1: yeah so you guys kind of have it cornered in it begins to stand up now nice and tall you see its chest puff up its hide armor of this like crusted like flowstone just begin to crack its eyes or whatever you can make of it now begin to sort of pulsate back and forth as its fleshy material
2: now gazes directly upon you When it hits the ground, I just say, now's your time. Take it down. Top of the round, Ridd.
3: Ridd doesn't have to be told twice. She's gonna make another attack roll.
2: Still have advantage.
3: All right, that is 16.
1: That hits. As you take your rapier and you extend it out, you see the openings from its hide armor that open up slightly, revealing a vantage point, and you go ahead and stab right in there.
3: Ridd lashes out for 15 damage. The smoke gathers again, again, not touching the blade, but all up on Ridd as she's making her attack.
1: Five, you see as Ridd stabs the creature to an opening, the black smoke doesn't even come close to the hand that is holding the hilt of the sword. And as the creature breathes in through its spores, the black smoke enters in and the creature (laughs) begins to shake its head violently.
3: After making her shadow attack, Rita's is going to put a bunch of distance between herself and this thing as she leaves it to
4: people who aren't bleeding.
1: Zue with five on deck.
4: Upon realizing that most of my magic is quite useless for combat, I'm going to let a little like, uh, and I'm going to finally take out the sickle that's been on my hip underneath the book holster. I'm going to try and run forward. What's your speed? 30 feet.
1: You run up and you meet up right with Rid.
4: Oh. Oh, hey, says Rid actively bleeding. <laughs> Are you okay? And as I touch her and ask her if she's okay, I'm going to cast Healing Word at a first level.
1: You come up, Zue, focused, determined. You take out your sickle, but then you see your friend bleeding, clutching her side, and you let go of that divine energy and you heal for how many hit points? Eight. Five.
0: Five is going to make another bite attack against the emissary. He's making it with advantage because Rowan is still right up on this creature. Dirty 20. That definitely hits. Go ahead and roll for damage. That is 10 points of piercing damage.
1: (sighs) You come up and you bite at another talon. Bite down hard. You hear a crack and bone (laughs) as your teeth completely meet each other. And in that moment, the emissary, and you hear the thrumming get louder and louder. So I need all four of you to go ahead and make constitution saving throws.
2: Oh,
0: 21.
1: Success?
4: 17.
0: Success? It's a 14. Success just
1: banks it.
4: Even with advantage, I rolled a nat one. Wait. You rolled two nat ones with advantage? You rolled
1: two nat ones? Yep. What? Wow. You are charmed. Oh, no. For you, Rid, as Zue comes up and looks to you as you're bleeding, and you feel the bleeding sort of like coalesce and stop, and you are still looking at Zue, sort of like making eye contact, supporting each other in that moment. As Zue's head just naturally turns, and you let out a deep breath, Zue. And you release your defenses towards the creature. Rowan.
2: All right, now that I have run up on the creature, I am going to take the lantern, give it a nice big swing around in a circle and try to come down with the lantern on its head.
1: I'll say you can do that. My apologies. I forgot to make my three talent attacks.
2: Oh, go ahead. Oh,
1: by all means, please do that. We're going to go ahead and split it now. Two towards Rowan and then one towards five. So Rowan, first one is a 16. Misses. Second one is a natural 20. Hits. I should probably clarify this. I saw this the other day and I really liked it. For natural 20s, Let's just say you had a, a 1d10 plus whatever damage. So you can essentially take the highest number. So in this case, 10. Roll a d10 and then add whatever. So in this case, it's a 2d10. So it'll be 10. And then 2d10, which is 2, 3. So 16 plus 3. So that's 19. Ooh. So then 5. Oh, that is a 19 plus 6. So 25. That's a hit. And then you're going to go ahead and take... Eight plus three, so 11 points of slashing damage. As the thrumming stops and the two talents come down, the big one catches you, Rowan, as it brings you forward, its smallest one next to his chest, catch you right under the rib cage. Five, you look to your friend that is just currently being pierced, and you don't even see it from behind you, behind your head. This talent come up and just catch you right on the shoulder blade. Pierce in and extend out as blood begins to pour from the both of you. Five takes
0: that piercing talent strike you hear almost a mechanized, like, howl of pain as the pearl white armor that makes up the outside of his exterior is pierced through. Suddenly, the, the tree organic portion of him starts to leak sap almost onto the ground.
1: So with that, Rowan, the creature lets go of you. I need you to make a concentration check
2: for me. Oh, you're right. Ten or higher. Uh, first one's 18. Rowan pulls back with a grunt, takes the flail, and just gives it a swing at the emissary. Only a 12 to hit.
1: You swing wild as the emissary sort of coil back
2: its body in a very, like, worm-like state. You miss. Missing that, I'll take my shield. Slam it into the ground. In that moment, you see the light reflecting off of Five's metallic parts go from like a white to a deep blue. I will be breaking concentration on fairy fire for Shield of Faith on 5. So 5, you have a plus 2 to your AC.
1: As all of a sudden, you see the owl come up into the cavern, fly up, and perch yourself very high up behind a stalactite. Look down at five, and five, you're coated in this blue energy. All of a sudden, your connection to Rowan is pure, and you now see Rowan's eyes. Instead of seeing pupils, you just see a vibrant, full
2: blue moon. That's it for my turn.
1: Top of the round, Rid, what are you doing? And then Zue, you're on deck.
3: Rid looks at Zue, <laughs> the expression on her face something's wrong with Zue. But we'll figure that out later, and then she runs forward. She joins the two of them surrounding this creature. And with an uneasy glance backward at Zue's slack jaw, um, Rid's gonna try to stab it again. 23.
1: That definitely hits.
3: (laughs) That wasn't very good, but let's try our little shadow thing. 14 damage overall.
1: You watch as Rid come up, and just in a leap, take her rapier and find another opening. And you slam it again. And now the creature breathes in this black smoke once again. And it sort of begins to fumble as it's it's trying to hover again. And you pull out the blade and you now see more blood. This black ichor now is coating the sides of the creature. The creature's looking very hurt. It's like struggling to stay up.
3: Ridge is gonna look at the two of them. Let's finish this.
1: Zue, you look at this creature and the humming overcomes your senses, it feels warm, it feels like a low hum behind you, like a nursery rhyme, if you will. And you don't feel the coldness, you don't look to your friends, you just think to yourself, why, why would they be attacking this creature? Not defensive, you don't take any stance against that, but you don't feel the need to attack it. So what do you do in this round?
4: I slowly start to walk in front of my friends and try to get between them and this thing. I'll say the
1: space is very tight up north. You, you do have a square that would basically put all four of you completely blocking the creature.
4: I'm going to walk there and spread my arms out and try to put them in front of Rid to stop her from attacking it. That's my turn.
1: Okay, so then go ahead and make a uh, constitution saving throw for me.
4: How's the seven do ya?
1: Still charmed. Five, you watch as Zue come up, almost like pacing slowly as she extends her hands and places them right underneath Ridd as she
0: coils back her rapier. Seeing the emissary wounded and gushing ichor at this point, Five is going to do exactly the same thing that he's been doing the last several rounds. He's going to leap in it trying to bite this creature. 21. Definitely hits. That is 11 points of damage to the creature. Zue extends her hands
1: in front of you. You see almost like a pleading look to her eyes as she doesn't seem to be her normal self, that of which you've been used to. And in that moment, the creature hums and thrums in her direction and you find an opening right underneath what looks like a form of a rib cage, and you and you rip out a good chunk of its actual structure. Flesh come out, splatters onto the ground. And the creature at this point, unlike what you've heard before, you hear a... And it just begins to squeal louder as it is an absolute pain. At that point, it is going to make a multi-attack against U5. That was a good hit. That is two against U5 and one against Rid. That is a 19-5 natural one. Finally. <laughs> Suck it. Six points of slashing damage. And then Rid. That is a unnatural 20. 12 points of slashing damage from its talent attack.
3: That's not gonna be the full damage.
1: Okay,
0: sounds good. Five, at least in the direwolf form, is looking really, really rough right now. His tail is completely gone. The area around his rib cage is completely like twisted metal and like scarred up. Five looks really hurt as the creature stops and it is going
1: to go ahead and hover once more. It's gonna try to flee. You all get attacks of opportunity, 22. Mine's an 18. 21. All three hit. Go ahead and roll for damage, guys.
0: 12 points of damage.
2: As Rowan comes up from slamming the shield down on the floor, he does a uppercut swing with the flail. After the hit, you see some extended beams of moonlight drop from the ceiling from what you can assume to be the owl. And I will be using a charge of my magic weapon to do a little extra radiant damage. And that is going to be 17 damage total. Moon daddy strikes again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Ridd, um, Rid just does a little poke in the air and does a two points of damage. <laughs>
1: Zue, you look at the creature in front of you that sort of desperately, you know, find a a connection to it, and it is frightened, it is afraid, and it is just naturally trying to move out of the way, and it knows that it has control over you, so it chooses to push by you as it knows that you won't attack it, but it doesn't take into consideration the rest. And as it begins to fly and hover out, it pushes through you, Rowan. You, in that second, take your flail and you swing, uppercut it right underneath its jaw. The talon in front of it breaks off, and it begins to thrum. And it seems like it's just missing an element of its entire structure. Five, you see its tail come back, and you bite it, keeping it in place. You chump down hard as you pierce through its thick hide, and you drag it slightly. Just as Rid, you bring up your rapier, and you stab it through the center, and you watch as the black smoke cover it entirely, and the creature falls dead.
4: Oh, yay!
2: Well done. What, what do
1: we do with this one? Zue, you come too.
3: Rid turns to Zue, waves a hand in front of her eyes. Are, are you all right? Yeah.
1: For you, Rowan, as the owl extended its wings, you now see, still hovering on the dead creature on the ground, a beam of moonlight that is still just burning away at its wings. And the owl just looks ahead And you look to it and you all see rowan with these piercing blue eyes we need to move
4: do we need to take care of the sleeping thing
2: i say let it be let's get out while we can
4: okay um also i just want to note that your eyes are really blue and i'm gonna ask you about this later
2: note taken i'll explain
4: let's go yes
1: As you guys are running out you turn north east southwest this chamber keeps going and you now notice it one body on the floor a tiefling that one looks humanoid another tiefling another one a younger looking one a taller a bigger one and you're now seeing more and more skeletons as you begin to see light up ahead you make a sharp left turn you make another right and you see it before you an opening that begins to ascend slightly up and there as you emerge you take a breath of fresh air and you look out into the night sky gray skies a moon gray decaying right up above you shining down on trees that are willow trees draped down with no color to their leaves gray leaves a gray ground that is broken scattered no life devoid of all of it as you meet up into this opening you're standing on what looks like the side of a, of a mountain, of a hill. And you look up now and you see all around you the same dead, decaying trees from miles and miles away. And straight ahead, you see a black whirlwind of clouds the center above a tower. And five, you hear and for today that's a wrap <laughs> oh god it
3: is Arboria.
1: thank you all so much for listening catch us in two weeks where we will pick up this adventure in arborea amongst the gray waste and remember the arcanum is always watching i sent you guys the
0: picture i don't know if you saw it Oh, we saw it. It was gross. I'm like, where the fuck are you getting these things, dude? (laughs) They're terrifying. These are minis that
1: came with the Wild Mount like set, but I haven't used them in my campaign because I just naturally haven't found a space for it, and I've been dying to use them. So then when I started writing this, I was like, oh, these are perfect.
2: They're so
0: cool. I'm so happy we're helping you live your dreams. Yay. (laughs) I love it.
1: It's the best. Now, buckle up.